Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. There's over 180,000 titles for you to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio and get your free audiobook today. Point-of-sale fundraising is one of the most effective ways for charities to raise money from consumers in a retail environment. And one of the leaders in this space is Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, which has raised $6.9 billion for its 170 partner children's hospitals around the country since 1983. Today, I talk with Clark Sweat and Julie Breckenkamp for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Clark is Chief Revenue Officer and Julie is Managing Director of Corporate Partnerships. I hear how Roundup campaigns are gaining traction with their corporate partners like Casey's General Stores and Ace Hardware, how partners like Panda Express are engaging their employees in donation efforts, and how their corporate partners are starting to integrate charitable asks into their apps, as well as what trends they're watching in 2020 and beyond. Well, hey, Clark and Julie, thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Cause Talk Radio. Hello thanks, there. great to be here. Well, I think Clark has been on the show multiple times. Clark, I feel like every, probably every year we've had you on, but Julie, you're a new guest. So welcome, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here and happy to uh, share what we can. Uh, well, we can't have a Children's Miracle Network show without first talking about Roundup campaigns. And I know every year you guys have a couple of highlights in terms of companies that are, you know, really standing out and just um, standing head and shoulders above what they've done in the past. So can you talk a little bit about what you've seen in this past year? Any highlights in terms of successes from companies? Sure. So I can jump in. Uh, you know, Roundup is something that we have been doing for a while, but... Uh, this year in particular, we saw some really good success with it. Uh, for you know, for years, we've been doing the miracle balloons and the dollar at a time at the register, and we've always kind of wondered if Roundup would uh, how it would do if it gets in theory a lower ask than a dollar. Uh, but what we saw, and we saw this really at the first of the year, we had Casey's General Stores who did a campaign with us uh, and switched from the dollar ask in the balloons to doing a Roundup. And the program went from a million dollars to two million dollars. So it doubled wow. in size based on the roundup. So obviously, we're looking at that as a model for something to consider for other partners. And I think it really kind of comes down to the ease of the ask. The cashiers are really comfortable. You're asking for spare change. The customer seems to understand it. So I think you're getting more customers being asked because the cashiers are feeling a little more comfortable. And, you know, for the customers, it's a little less invasive maybe than the dollar. So a higher degree of them are, are uh, doing it. So, uh, yeah, it's been really great. Casey's is definitely the standout, though, for this year. 
So did they actually, is it just an ask from the cashier or is there a pin pad integration that asks if they want to round up? We actually started talking about doing a pin pad integration and their technology wasn't ready. So it ended up being an employee facing roundup ask, which we thought "Mm, this may or may not work for us. We thought we'll just roll the dice and see how this goes. We even considered adding icons to the employee facing roundup ask just to be on the safe side. But we we decided we'd go for it, and the results were amazing. So I, to Clark's point, it was it, I really think it's an easier ask, and customers are okay with rounding up. They prefer rounding up two to one, and the employees prefer that type of an ask. So it was great results. I've been saying this for at least three years. Why don't more companies do Roundup? Like to me, it is such a no-brainer. And I feel like we did our Charity Checkout Champions report this year for 2018 data. And I feel like this year, finally, like finally people are catching on and and doing it. But to me, it's kind of a no-brainer. So it's just really interesting to see that you guys have had such great results. And do you think you're going to roll out more Roundup with other partners moving forward and holding up the Casey's example is one like, hey, look what happened. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think the reality is, um, I I think a lot of times uh, the reason why people are hesitant to do it is because there is a little bit of a fear. You're asking for a smaller amount of money. And so I really think a lot of charities are thinking, well, instead of, I'd rather ask for a dollar or $5 than ask for the spare change. But the reality is the volume that's going through the, the cash registers, if everybody hits their spare change, you know, you're getting a lot higher percentage. So we are definitely rolling it out. Um, Julie's been working really closely with, with another partner, Ace Hardware, does multiple roundup campaigns for us throughout the year. Uh, that one was a bit of a technology, uh, took a little bit of technology to get it in place. And I think that is some of the challenge as well. You do have to make sure that, um, you know, the cash registers are programmed so that you can just push a button and it gets rounded up easily. But um, it is, uh, you know, I think it's coming and I, I, I see more and more partners gravitating towards it in the future. I would also say we're just starting to get some great data. Um, it's w- now that we've got Ace Hardware year over year and we've been able to see their growth and we've got the Casey's example, we're able to really share some good case studies with our partners and, you know, they, they are scared. They think Ooh, that that may cut down on our, our donations and what we're able to collect, but we're able to show that it is the preferred way for customers and employees. And ACE is a great example. They started out slow. Um, the technology was, was something that they had to adapt, but we're hoping when all is said and done and they have their holiday campaign, ACE Hardware, Hardware will bring in $5 million in roundup dollars this year. Let me ask you two a question since you're the point of sale experts. I get this question a lot. So the question is, let's say we'll leave Roundup aside right now because we know that's kind of spare change less than a dollar by virtue of what it is. Um, but do you have any sort of formula that you can share in terms of how much you would ask maybe in a pinup campaign, like one, three, five dollars, ten dollars? I know it depends on the point of like how much the purchase amount, the average purchase amount is, and how many times customers come into the store. But do you guys have any advice that you'd share with people in terms of picking a dollar amount that's kind of general guidelines for that sort of stuff? Um, you know, to be honest with you, I, I think everybody wishes there was like this magic formula that you could plug it into an algorithm and figure it out. Um, a lot of ours is is trial and error. And, and a lot of it is, you know, we have partners that have been with us for 20, 25 years. So we've kind of 
tried it all and um, we kind of vary. So some partners, it's very much just, it just has to be a dollar. Uh, other partners, uh, Publix is a good example who wants to do a one, three and a five. And they feel like they add coupons on the bottom of their, um, the pinup. And based on the value of the, the donation, the value of the coupons go up. So that works well for them. Uh, uh, we have others that do giant balloons that they sell for, you know, $50, $100. It really just kind of depends. So I, I don't know that, Julie, I haven't found a magic formula. Is there something that you guys are looking at now? <laughs> <laughs> no, there is no magic formula. It really depends on the partner. And, you know, as we look at how we're going to maximize each partner, we look at what the program is, how many weeks they're going to run the campaign, and then really, you know, talk them through what their opportunities are. And, you know, again, they're adapting Roundup, but they're, it's, it's kind of a slow adaptation. But, you know, the more case studies, the more conversations we can have about it. I think that's really where most of our partnerships will be headed in the future. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so more to come on Roundup, folks. Can we talk a minute about Panda Express's point-of-sale fundraising campaign this year? Remind me how much it raised. It was something astronomical. So the total this last year was $21 and we're on track this year to be about $26 Oh, my gosh. Okay, so talk a little bit about that culture, because I think it's very unique. Um, And some of the things that they do that seem pretty simple are really effective. So can you talk a little bit about... Panda and, you know, how they've embraced your cause? Yeah. So let me, uh, I want to just talk a little bit about how they got started because they didn't, it just didn't happen immediately. This wasn't a flip a switch and it suddenly happened. And we're actually learning a lot of lessons from Panda about how to really ingrain the charity into the culture of the organization. Um, For example, when they started, uh, we we went to them and asked them probably, it's got to be, what, Julie, 12, 15 years ago? And we asked them for um, a pinup campaign. We asked them for, you know, our bread and butter Ask at the Register campaign. And they were really uh, hesitant to do that initially because they felt like, and this came from the top down, they felt like that their employees needed to be personal donors first before they could ask their customers for, for a donation. So for years, uh, probably the first five years of the partnership, uh, it was an employee giving campaign and all of their employees were encouraged to make donations. There wasn't a lot happening in the actual uh, restaurants themselves. And, and that was really kind of it. But now what we're seeing is the organization is so embraced in that culture of giving back that when they did eventually roll out the Roundup campaign, which is, that's really what it is, is a Roundup campaign for every single um, order all year long, uh, it just kind of resonates. Everybody knows about it. All the customers expect it. All the employees are comfortable asking about it. And it's raising a ton of money. I, I think it's important to note that, you know, they do this for the Panda Cares Foundation, and we get 50% of the money that's raised. So if you think about that, we get $26 wow, million. Dollars. They're actually raising $52 million through that simple campaign. And to me, it really kind of comes down to the employees. Are they on all year? I can't remember. 
Yeah, they are. It's all year long. Okay. Well, that and that probably has a little something to do with it as well. But wasn't there a fun story? I feel like I profiled this a few years ago for Charity Checkout Champions where they added something really simple or one of the restaurants added something simple like ringing a bell or saying thank you or doing something kind of very basic after people donated. And they were looking at the numbers and they were like, okay, why, what is this franchise doing in wherever, like, remote California? Like, how are they raising this much money? And they went and visited it, and it turns out it's this bell or whatever. Um, and so everyone adopted it. Is that is that the story, or am I butchering it here? No, no, you got it. So they, they decided that they wanted to involve all the employees that are in the store, and so they ring a bell, and everybody says, hollers thank you after the donation, and it's just a fun way to to donate. It's a fun employee engagement. You know, we, we get them excited about the campaign. And, you know, Panda, I would say on top of um, what they do in the store and their employee giving campaign, they really talk to their employees about their local hospital. They talk about the funds that they're raising. They share the impact. They really are great about making sure their employees know where the dollars are going. And that really makes a difference. The employees are very proud to raise the dollars for our local hospitals. And they all get involved because of the employee giving, employee engagement opportunities that Panda provides. So they have done employee giving. They started with employee giving. They've done employee giving throughout this whole point of sale and they continue to do employee giving. Is that correct? their employee giving really only runs a month and, okay. and they raise about $600,000. That was this in 2019. And they they run it through all of their stores, all of their management, their corporate office. And it's a payroll deduct- deduction that they do. So again, they, you know, the, the Peggy and Andrew Churn believe that it starts at the top, that everybody should should give before they ask the customers. And so they really take that culture of giving from the top down. And that's how they're so successful with their employee giving and their in-store campaign. When I think I saw on something you sent over, Julie, that their average donation is $58 yeah. for employees. That seems high. Is that So that's payroll deduction. Do they take like a little bit out of each paycheck for the year and the campaigns just runs for that month where they're asking people to Correct. sign up? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. That makes a little bit more sense. But that seems high. I mean, because a lot of these people are not making, you know, money hand over fist working at Panda Express. So that seemed, I was like, wow, that's I impressive. think one of our big learnings from that, though, is that, you know, if you really teach them about where they're giving their their dollars and you talk about the local hospital and you bring them into the hospital and they they connect to the cause, then they, they want to give. They want to make a difference in their local community. And since our dollars stay local, they they really like to support their local hospital. Are there other corporate partners that you do employee giving with? I feel like this isn't something that I talk about super often in tandem with point of sale fundraising. Absolutely. We do employee giving with other corporate partners. We take the Panda model and we're rolling it out with many of our other corporate partners. We use technology um, through, it's called FrontStream. And they are, um, they work with, you know, our Marriott's, um, McLean's, where many of our partners are, are looking at it, adopting it, um, talking about it. It's really kind of, I would say we're a couple years in to those conversations, but we see potential huge growth in this area with uh, all of our corporate partners as we look to maximize the opportunities outside of the point of sale campaigns. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. 
Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. One classic book I love and recommend you check out is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. In it, Pressfield talks about the resistance, a sort of inner barrier that stands in the way of our creative success. This book is funny and direct and will give you both a punch in the gut as well as the motivation you need to unlock your inner creativity, no matter your profession. You can get The War of Art for free on Audible with your 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash cause talk radio. Well, let's talk a little bit about apps because a lot of your corporate partners have apps and they each have kind of their own little focus in terms of what they're trying to achieve in the app. But do any of your corporate partners include CMN as a charitable ask within their app and any, you know, things you've learned there? I'm sure this is kind of on the newer edge in terms of what companies have rolled out. It is on the newer edge and we're really trying to adapt to the technology and look at what those opportunities are. We do have Panda that includes us on their app for a one two or five dollar donation and then we are rolling out Dairy Queen in 2020 where they're going to be making an ask on the app uh, they're really pushing the app as a new technology and a way to uh, order your food through Dairy Queen um, Ace Hardware has an app where they just talk about our partnership and it's really just them, you know, promoting their corporate social responsibility. But we, we're we looking at apps, we're looking at what our partners currently have and we're looking at what we can do to integrate into their apps. But we're also looking through at other opportunities like Grubhub, Uber Eats, you know, they, people aren't always walking into these QSR restaurants anymore. So we're trying to talk to those different um avenues of fundraising to see if we can incorporate some fundraising dollars when they order with our national corporate partners. And then any lessons that you've learned in terms of integrating a charitable ask into an app? I would imagine, you know, there's a lot of bells and whistles and, you know, behaviors that people do on apps that they may not do in store. And you don't have somebody right in front of you asking, you know, making a personal ask, would you like to make a donation? So anything you've learned in terms of like what works or what doesn't and when it comes to an app? Yeah, I think when it comes to apps and even for online, because, you know, as we know, most, most of our partners are not walking through the brick and mortar and they're ordering online. Um, we, you know, we, we kind of fall down on their list of, you know, priorities as far as being able to integrate a donation. We, we do have a, some technology called GiveWorks that we work with and where it's a pop-up lightbox window that tells a quick story and they can donate through the GiveWorks. But if a partner doesn't want to use the technology that we're able to provide, we look at what their online or their app opportunities are through their IT system. And we're trying to start those conversations. We've been trying to start them actually for the last couple of years and we're getting on their roadmaps. So, you know, they want to do it. They want to incorporate us, but they also want to, you know, sell tools or sell food or, you know, what they're doing online. So, so we're just, we're trying to make sure we're part of those conversations each time we meet with these partners. And I think it will continue to grow through apps and through online opportunities. I think one of the case studies we had in the Charity Checkout Champions this year was Domino's Pizza, and they do so much testing. And, um, you know, I think they really learned that putting a picture along with the ask really was more effective than just putting the text. And I think there was another one, uh, Pizza Hut, 
was doing, trying to integrate online ordering as well and including an ask. And they, this is probably obvious, but they found a lot more success when they had it as part of the checkout flow versus, you know, something you can add to your cart because who's going to go looking for a charitable something to add to your cart. So um, I'm sure there are lots of things that companies are trying to figure out on their own in terms of like how to move more tools or what have you. So, you know, as you said, adding the charity ask on top of it may not be <laughs> top of mind for them as it is for you guys. We're trying, we're pushing it and we're talking to them. But, you know, I think we're on many of our partners' roadmaps and we're going to see that in, over the next couple of years evolve. And, you know, we're excited about that opportunity. We have to keep looking at that next thing that that's out there because the world is changing, as we all know. So we want to see what what is that next opportunity. Indeed. Well, you've led me right into my next question. Hey, Clark, uh, as Chief Revenue Officer, what can we look forward to from Children's Miracle, Children's Miracle Network and its partners in 2020? Anything interesting coming up that you're looking at or just trends you're watching? I kind of feel like Clark's my, my guy when I'm like, hey, what is happening at Point of Sale? And sometimes he tells me and sometimes he doesn't. Oh, come on. I always tell you. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's going to... 2020 is going to be a good year. We keep hearing a lot about how much retail is changing. And that's true. It is changing. We've even seen, we've dealt with it with regards to groceries, with regards to online. There are even companies out there now who are delivering gas directly to you. They'll just pull up in a tanker truck and fill up your car what? in an office building. So, Who's doing that? Uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but it's it's somewhere <laughs> in Southern California. You don't even have to go to we the gas station anymore. We are getting extremely lazy as a society. That is I incredible. Think, I think we are. Yeah. So uh, if you can't even get in your car to get gas, that seems like, you know, why do you <laughs> need the gas? But um <laughs> Anyway, I, I think we're going to see a lot more involvement. I don't, I don't think what we're going to see in retail is really going to drastically change um, in, in the next coming years, but, but we are going to see things start to evolve. What we're really starting to talk about internally is that these aren't just retail locations, uh, but they're communities. They're communities that we're engaging, and we're engaging not, not just the customers that are shopping there, but we're engaging the employees. We're engaging the, the vendors that are supplying the goods there, uh, and we're engaging the businesses that are around them. So I think you'll see a lot more uh, of us looking at it through the lens of a community, which means that the programs maybe change a little bit. And uh, change is good. We've, we've been a little, I would say for the last five years, we've been a little nervous about what's happening in retail and the changes that are happening. But everything that I'm seeing is giving me a good indication that uh, you know people are going to continue to buy goods. They're going to continue to shop. They're going to continue to want to give back to charities. And it's really up to the charities, I think. And this is the position that we're taking is how do we engage in this changing business environment and making sure that the cause still remains relevant? Because whether you're a customer and you feel good about making that donation when you purchased your items, or you're a cashier who, like you said about the Panda employees, they maybe aren't making a ton of money, but we have uh, Walmart associates, Ace associates, um, Panda associates and employees that if you really think about what they are, they're philanthropists. They are, they are raising tens of thousands of dollars through the vehicle that they know how to raise money. And we just want to make sure that we're giving them the tools to be able to do that, regardless of how the world is changing with regards to how we shop. So uh, I think you'll see us really looking at the, through the lens of communities. You'll see us engaging um, shoppers and associates and employees through 
uh, even some of our peer-to-peer campaigns, we're getting a lot more integration when it comes to companies who have traditionally done point-of-sale campaigns are now getting involved in our Dance Marathon initiative or our Extra Life campaign or looking for ways to support the local radiothon that is going on, which really comes down to what we believe is that local children's hospital is the center of the community. And um, as the kids are being treated there, uh, people recognize that if we are able to uh, change kids' health, we'll be able to change the future. Uh, And I think that's what we're trying to accomplish. Well, I love it. Thank you guys both so much for giving us a little Children's Miracle Network update. Can't, we've got to have our Cause Talk radio fix uh, at least every once in a little while to hear what you guys are up to. So, Julian Clark, thank you so much for being with me today. Any uh, places people can find you and your good corporate works online? You can, yeah, definitely find us online or you know, reach out directly to us. We're happy to, to chat direct and uh, share with you some of our best practices and what we're able to um, accomplish with our, our corporate partners we we feel like it's we we do our best work when we talk amongst other charities and other nonprofits so whatever we can do to work together would would be great I think that's a good point Julie and I and Megan you know I've been on that soapbox for a while now about how charities need to collaborate more so you know definitely have people reach out to cmhospitals on dot um, org online but you know look up Julie or I on LinkedIn. We're happy to connect and share and talk best practices and ideas. And uh, I think the more we do that, the better we'll get as as an industry as a whole. Amazing. Thank you. And I will be sure to put your LinkedIn profiles on the show notes so people can find you really easily if they want to do that. All right. Well, thanks to both of you so much. And we'll check in with you again soon. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan. 